Check one, check two. I'm the anchor slash rapper that you never thought would happen. Coming to every gate, they're cracking like pads when they start whacking. Applaud like studio, audience, audio. It's the Rob you Sports through Show. Is that so? I got what you want. The NFL is real far phone. And spit sport news. Cause here's the blues like bet your team, you know they would lose. Don't get it confused. I'm like shit calm, mix for Uncle Screws. Make duck, get bucks. Watch it's club. What? Shine like wine from water. Wait, grapes. R.I.P. Stew with Scott, the late great. And welcome back to another action-packed episode of the Rob U Sports Stew Show. NFL 2021 New League New Year. So, when we last left off, when I last joined y'all for a podcast, it was leading up to the Super Bowl. And by now, everybody had a chance to check out the Super Bowl, enjoy the game, see the Tampa Bay Bucks get that victory over the Chiefs in a very explosive matchup, in a very good, in a very good competitive, you know, competitive matchup you would like to see in the Super Bowl. I just think the game just didn't deliver on the, you know, it didn't deliver on the hype as far as us wanting to see a more competitive game and see the Chiefs be able to match touchdowns with the Bucks and also show that show that explosive ability they have. But what it did, I think, highlight for a lot of NFL fans and football fans is that you have to have a stout, strong defense to make playoff runs and win championships. You have to have some form of ball control and being able to rush the ball. And you also have to be able to protect your quarterback. So I think those were the main takeaways from the Super Bowl. And, you know, there's a lot a lot coming from that as far as, you know, the aftermath of the Super Bowl. And will the Bucks be able to repeat? And they've already been able to sign back a lot of the players they had. They franchise Garwin hoping for a contract there. Still waiting to see if they're going to bring back Fournette. They already got Gronk back. So they're looking like they're going to try to run it back to another playoff run. And who knows? Also, they're one of those teams that seem to get stronger as the year progressed. So as they got in the playoffs and late in the season, the Bucks were actually gelling and becoming more fluid offensively. And the defense was, was playing strong all season as well. So, of course, with the success of the Bucks and Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, there's still the back-and-forth barbershop sports debate of who is greater or who is, more, who is more deserving of the credit of the Super Bowl Patriot Dynasty years. And I've kind of been on the fence myself personally. I never really gave Brady too much credit. And I never really, I never really thought that Belichick could do it with any just just any quarterback because it had to be a quarterback who was hungry, who was who had a chip on his shoulder, who wanted to prove he was better than a lot of people who grade quarterbacks and evaluate quarterbacks thought he could be, and also being in that perfect system at the perfect time when you're on that first contract. And you have a strong defense, you have a, a knowledgeable coach, and he understands the X's and O's, he understands what players he needs at each position, and he knows how to craft different football games for different opponents in different times. So he, he'll utilize certain key players on certain certain games, and he knows where another team is weak at. 
but early in those championship dynasty years, Brady wasn't necessarily carrying the team. I think it was more the defense, the running game, and good play call and special teams as well. But as the years progressed, it began to be more pass-centric, and Brady the dump off to the slot guys, bringing in Moss, bringing in tight ends of, of great talent, and also having those short shifty running backs who can catch those passes out of the backfield. And that kind of became their bread and butter. And people got used to seeing the, the Patriots put up 35-28 a game because they were just that team staying in spread of formations most of the time. Then eventually sometimes they slowed it down with running backs like, you know, Corey Dillon or Blunt. So we'll see what happens this year because as many of y'all know, the Patriots have made some changes, but we will get back to the Patriots in a moment. Right now, we want to get to Dak Prescott and congratulate him for a well-deserved contract of four years, $160 millions with the Cowboys. And I know a lot of players were happy and a lot of fans as well to see this deal finally get done. And it shows that he could be rewarded for everything he brings to that team. And he's the heartbeat of the team. He's the, you know, he keeps he keeps the engine running on the team. And without him, the team just is not the same. And he showed that he's definitely a leader of the team because no one was there to fill that void offensively for the leadership. And not saying that the end that Dalton didn't do his thing or didn't try to try to do the best he could in the situation, but it's kind of tailored for Dak in, in Dallas. And without him this season. It just were not the same. So she really showed his value to that team and also the talent that he's bringing. And he could be a, t a potential Super Bowl quarterback if if not winning, at least getting there. But I, I think there are, there are a lot of the high hopes now for the Cowboys, but they're deservedly so because they have their guy now. So kudos, congratulations to Dak for getting that big QB contract. And when we talk about QBs, you also have to mention the... Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson drama. Now, these are two established black dual threat quarterbacks, and they both have they both have reasonable clout, right? You have Russell Wilson. He's a he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He could have had two, if not for uh, ill-advised interception. Then you have Deshaun Watson, who's turning his best year as a pro. He's dual threat. He has the accuracy. He's leading the league in top passing categories this year. But all of a sudden, we have these high-profile players saying they want to they wanna go somewhere else. So in these type of situations, it's always interesting to see how the organization reacts and how the fan base reacts, especially as nuggets of information begin to ooze into the media. <laughs> and, you know, they have their sources or, you know, someone close to this person or that person. But I think in Russell Wilson's case, it's more about him being able to have input in roster and also make sure he's protected as a quarterback so he doesn't take as much hits and punishment as he's been taking. Of course, he is a mobile quarterback, but you still want to have some protection and feel safe when you drop back. And I think he also may want to have some input in personnel. Who knows? But... Some of these things, of course, could and should be deserving based on what he's accomplished with that franchise and organization and the type of player he's been on for them on and off the field. And it's like you wonder if this, the relationship is strained between him, 
Pete Carroll and the organization or if they'll be able to patch things up or if he will end up truthfully getting traded. Rumors early had him going to the Bears, but of course now that's out of the question because the Bears have decided to go elsewhere for their quarterback needs. But will Russell Wilson end up being traded or will he end up playing for the team this year despite the bump in the road or despite the airing his airing his concerns and kind of making it into a, a, a issue even going as far as naming teams he would like to be traded to if he was traded. And then you have the Deshaun Watson scenario where he felt as though the organization went back on their word of promises that they made to him about maybe selecting coach or GM. And he also, of course, did not approve of the way that his previous coach handled the the Hopkins situation where Hopkins, one of the premier receivers in the league, was traded for pennies on a dollar. And then it's like recent allegations and recent speculations surrounding Deshaun Watson. But we'll get to that later. Well, in these two cases and scenarios, we have two young black quarterbacks making power move plays against the organization to try to force their hand and force their way to a team they may want to prefer to play for based off maybe their experiences with the organization they're at or feeling like the grass is greener on the other side. But if these team, if these two quarterbacks were to be traded or acquired by another team, for me, I feel like Deshaun Watson should should be a good fit for the Miami Dolphins or the Oakland Raiders. Excuse me, the Vegas Raiders. Because I think he would fare well in both of those offensive schemes and teams. And the way the Dolphins are trying to build up that defense and get some good running backs to go with Deshaun Watson as well, that would be a good, good thing. And then with the Raiders, he has the tight end, Waller. He has Ruggs. But, you know, they may feel comfortable with Derek Carr and their own quarterback situation. So maybe they're not willing to give what the Houston, Houston Texans may want. But maybe the Texans just want too much or still want to refuse to believe Deshaun Watson wants to be there when he does not. And he has made that clear. But more on Deshaun Watson later. And then with Russell Wilson, I thought the Bears would have been a decent fit for him because... They, they have a, they had a winning legacy. He could be the quarterback that actually begins to help them win again. And they have a strong defense with Mac, but they said supposedly Mac was in the potential trade for Wilson, so they wouldn't have been able to play on the same team, based on what the Seahawks may have been expecting back for Russell Wilson. Another team that I could see Russell Wilson fitting in good for, even though they have a quarterback. I could see him fitting in good with the Cleveland Browns. Of course, the salaries probably wouldn't work. But this is where things like what I was speaking about earlier with the Patriots and Tom Brady, this is where things go hand in hand with success and dynasties. Because if Russell Wilson truly wanted to go to a team that he felt could give him the best chance to win the Super Bowl and the Seahawks were willing to trade him there, maybe he would have to take a pay cut or take a home team discount or restructure his deal somehow just to fit on a team where he actually will pose a threat in the NFC or AFC depending on where he was dealt 
But I think he would be a good fit for the for the Cleveland Browns personally. Of course, they have Baker Mayfield, but with him and those two running backs and the two receivers, I think that would be a, a very explosive offense. And that's not a knock against Mayfield, but I feel like Russell Wilson may be, of course, more seasoned and more mobile than Mayfield. But Mayfield, has, Mayfield is coming on in his own right as well. So we'll see how things transpire with the 2021 offseason of these two quarterbacks making these power play moves. And in other quarterback news, Carson Wentz is finally traded to Indianapolis Colts as official. And we'll see what happens with the Colts this year. They had a strong defense last year, and they have a, a decent running game, some nice weapons out there. And will Wentz be able to bounce back, or will he not be an upgrade from what Phillip Rivers was last season? Remains to be seen, but we'll see what happens for Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. And in salary cap news, the NFL salary cap this year is believed to dip supposedly around 180, 183, 85 million as the league signs and gets a 13 billion contract for 2023 and 2033. So even with the league asking players and basically making players play another week, play another game, and with the with the obvious risks and the obvious risk that the players put themselves and their lives and their bodies in weekly and daily to practice and play the game. I think that the NFL PA should should make a should make more noise or make more make more of a fuss about the salary cap being lower while the NFL owners and the league signs this huge billion dollar contract. Of course they're gonna blame COVID, but COVID COVID and players COVID and fans coming to the game cannot necessarily shouldn't necessarily force a dip in the player salary to this extent, especially as the league shows so much I mean so much profit in this future contract we have. And here's some of the some of the details. There's gonna be more Monday night football doubleheaders beginning in twenty twenty three. Also there'll be more Nickelodeon games. And there's some some weeks and sometimes they'll have exclusive games only on Amazon and even some games will only be on the NBC platform Peacock. So this is a big, you know, big move for the NFL. Of course, this is the the United States most popular and most watched uh, consumed sport, and definitely a huge deal, huge, huge deal. But I think they left the players out to dry just a little bit with that lower salary cap for COVID. While they're already planning for players to play 2023 to 2033, so they'll be able to get these 113 billion from these networks and media companies. So it kind of shows the, you know, it kind of shows a little a little disparity and inequality as players take less, but the league gets more. But. That's just my humble opinion. And another thing I want to touch on is my humble opinion is the recent I'm out of here attitude by players and leagues. <laughs> We've seen it in the NBA. 
we've seen it in the NFL and it's becoming a little it's becoming a little commonplace but sometimes I think it's it may actually be a, a good thing and we've seen cases like Jalen Ramsey moving on from the Jaguars to the Rams we've seen cases like Anthony Davis leaving the New Orleans Pelicans to join LeBron and the Lakers you know we've seen we've seen players like Le'Veon Bell sit out a whole season because he refused to take a pay cut or have not play for the contract he already had. So some players have been willing to take a risk and take take it on the chin or say, you know what, I don't want to be here and I'm going to let the organization know, I'm going to let the media know, I'm going to let the fans know. And they're able to somehow, sometimes get their way and force their hand out of organizations and situations they may feel aren't beneficial for them, or aren't fruitful for them, or aren't going anywhere. And that's why sometimes you see players who who will be more outspoken and try to force their way out or talk their way out or act their way out. So it's just something that we're seeing more of now. And some in some scenarios, in a lot of scenarios, I don't think an organization should want a, t- a player to be a part of your team if they're so adamant about not being a part of your team. And I don't think you want a cancer in your locker room or trying to destroy the morale of players who are, you know, really understanding and getting the message of the coaching and the philosophies and what you're trying to instill in these men as players and men. You don't want somebody trying to poison that or speak negatively on your, you know, who has a, a large influence in the locker room. You don't want that person to be down in the coaching staff, the philosophies of players. You don't want that. You want to be working hand-in-hand with the players. And I think that's what Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are, are looking for in future organizations. Like, you know, let me let me help you steer the ship. You know, let me help you get the groceries. Let's see if we can, you know, I like this kid. Let's bring him in. I want to throw to him. Let's let's think out the box. So maybe that's why some, some of these quarterbacks now are being more outspoken about wanting to leave or saying I'm not going to play here or if I leave, send me there. And I think this is the power player showing that the players actually do have the power despite when they negotiate some of these collective bargaining agreements if they don't sign a deal that really lets them flex their power. So something the NFL PA definitely has to think about and consider because the players are the product. And we love the teams or, you know, if you're a diehard fan, you love the teams, you love the apparel, the jersey, the logo. But without the players on the team, it's just a logo. You got to have somebody to play that position, to be a starter, to help your team win, to make that tackle, to make that catch, to run that touchdown, to throw that ball, and make that block. So the players are the product. And I think the players need to definitely do what they can to maximize maximize salary earning potential, especially when it's being lowered for the COVID and the brand new salary cap they came out with. So we'll see what happens with that whole scenario of I'm out of here. Will guys really get to show their way and have their way like the NBA? <laughs> like, you know, what James Harden did. So we'll see what happens if that's a trend for the NFL like it has been in the NBA. But like I said, you may not definitely want to have a play on your team 
who obviously doesn't want to be there has value and you can get something for them. But it just can't be a trend where everybody wants to leave your team like it was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, just food for thought. And in other news, Drew Brees retires from the NFL as a New Orleans Saint. And Drew Brees definitely had a, a great career, set plenty of records with yardage and, and, and a lot of statistics. Definitely one of the all-time great quarterbacks, helped get that Super Bowl in New Orleans. So kudos to Drew Brees on a great career. He, of course, had some bumps in the road politically and speaking on certain events and certain occurrences in the public and the society, but he was one of those players that was a, a, a hallmark for that team and definitely definitely deserve his props for what he's able to do in that community and for that franchise. So shout out to Drew Brees and congratulations on a great career. Salute. And now that leaves Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston to duke it out for the quarterback slot of the New Orleans Saints. I think even regardless of who wins the, the quarterback competition, so to speak, we're still going to see both of these quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Because Taysom Hill is like a gadget player, and Jameis Winston is showing he could throw the long ball. Now, Taysom Hill can play a little running back and receiver, and Jameis Winston isn't the most mobile quarterback. So that's why that may be why they let Taysom Hill start most of the games. But we see how things pan out this, this season with the Saints, and who's going to try to fill in for Drew Brees. Unless they somehow could acquire Russell Wilson, but that won't happen. <laughs> and then we have Trent Williams getting a big deal with the San Fran 49ers. Trent Williams, one of the best, if not the best, left tackles in the game. And we also have Brissett leaving the coast to sign with Miami Dolphins and back up Tua Tungle-Evoa with the Dolphins. So we'll see how Jacoby Brissett is able to translate over to the Miami Dolphins and that's going to really open things up I guess in the Indianapolis Colts offense for the for Wentz and I guess maybe it'll be Wentz's show and then we have J.J. Watt after leaving the Houston Texans signing with the Arizona Cardinals now the Cardinals were running one of these all out blitzes last year and they had it as part of their defense, and then sometimes they blitz everybody, and sometimes they drop everybody back. So this is going to be a nice addition to a defense like that. It also has some other nice star defensive playmakers on there. So Cardinals putting some pieces together. Also signed A.J. Green, who leaves the Cincinnati Bengals to join the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe he'll start opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they'll bring back Fitzgerald, but who knows? I think Fitzgerald may go ahead and retire. But maybe A.J. Green can return to form, and maybe after some time, he can bounce back from some of these injury-plagued seasons he's had and show that he still got some gas left in the tank and some tread on tires. So we'll see what's up with A.J. Green this year with the Cardinals. I think he'll definitely have opportunity as somebody who's already had such a... Uh, a nice promising career early just has some injury riddle seasons like recently not to mention playing for the Bengals which 
probably isn't the always the best place to play if they're losing. And then we have the Cardinals also acquiring Rodney Hudson for the for the Raiders, who is a center and will be the offensive line helping call that protection for Kyler Murray. So the Cardinals are making a lot of moves in the free agency market and I think the Cardinals are already showing that they're gearing up for another playoff run. They're going to make something happen this year with the players they have and they're acquiring. Speaking of acquiring, the Houston Texans just so happened to acquire Tyrod Taylor. Could Tyrod Taylor be the successor if Deshaun Watson somehow manages to leave town? Hint, hint. And speaking of and speaking of acquire, the Patriots reloaded. And they have acquired or reacquired Cam Newton, tight end John New Smith, tight end Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Linebacker from the Ravens, Judon. Also the corner safety, Josh Mills from the Eagles. This is a very uncharacteristic moves for the Patriots. But as a football fan, I like the aggressiveness. It's almost like if you were playing in a franchise or Madden against a family member or friend. And you already knew the players you wanted. And whenever you had a chance to get them, you just went ahead and got them. And it may not, in free agency, it may not be, it may not be a player somebody else covets, but you may know how to use this player perfectly in your system and what you want to do with them. And so a lot of these players were highly coveted, especially the tight ends. These were some of the best tight, these were some of the best tight ends on the market, if not the best. And John Lewis Smith has the speed, he has the size, he has the strength. And when he catches the ball, he's like a fullback in open field with speed. And then you have Hunter Henry with the size and the hands and stretch the field a little bit. Nelson Aguilar, speed guy, re-sign Cam. So you already see the, the Patriots team already coming together. It's like you can already see them on the field. It's going to be some explosive, explosion, explosiveness. There's also going to be some ball control, some well-timed pass plays, some nice play action, some rollouts. And some some control in the middle of the field with two nice tight ends. So you can already see the Patriots will be back in the hunt for a Super Bowl next year just off these moves alone. And people can say what they want about Cam Newton's first season with the Patriots, but look at the things he had against him. COVID reduced offseason mini camps and everything. Not to mention he didn't have the best weapons around him. And a lot of that probably was still timing, terminology, and being able to being able to perform week in and week out with everything else going on. So I think even though he has some up and down games, with these plays he has now, he wouldn't have to do all the heavy lifting. He wouldn't have to do all the work. He wouldn't have to be there leading Russia. And he has definitely capable weapons now, and that can never be never be disputed. And that's one thing that he lacked last year. So that's why I can already say the Patriots will definitely probably be a playoff team this coming year. So we're going to see a big improvement, I believe. And they still have a chance to draft or pick up another quarterback to compete with Cam 
or be a different style quarterback or somebody they can groom for years to come. So definitely a big playoff push for the Patriots just off the just off the free agency. I think they won the free agency already. And then we have Andy Dalton, who I was speaking of earlier of of now the Chicago Bears not being able to get Russell Wilson because Andy Dalton has signed with the Chicago Bears and we're going to see how Andy Dalton does with the Bears hopefully the Bears can get some weapons they definitely need some weapons on offense they definitely have one star receiver and maybe trying to get another but Allen Robinson has been probably their most productive player over the years and they've had some players who flash here and there and some players who have to come back from injuries or be able to sustain and have comparable or better seasons than they already had with the Bears. I think the Bears' defense is going to be solid, but you have to have playmakers on offense or at least be able to move the chains or grind it out, rushing the ball. I think that's been the Bears' weakness because they haven't been able to move the ball down the field. And they thought Mitch Trubisky was going to be able to do that, but then they had to bring in someone else, Nick Foles, and he couldn't necessarily do it. So now it's time for Andy Dalton to take the helm. Maybe he'll be that bear to. Maybe he'll be that bear to move the ball for the Bears. We'll see what goes on with Andy Dalton and the Chicago Bears reaching an agreement. And another team. Who reloaded and really stacked some nice free agency people up like the Patriots and like the Cardinals was the Washington football team who picked up the gunslinger Fitzmagic Fitzpatrick himself also the running back slash receiver Curtis Samuel formerly of the Panthers and also cornerback Willie Jackson III now with these acquisitions, I think the Washington football team is is kind of starting to form an identity with with what they're doing here because we already see what the defense is and what the defense can do. Now you bring in a nice solid cornerback to go along with a strong front four. You bring in a quarterback who's known for slinging the ball around. You already have one good receiver with McLaren. Now you bring in Curtis Samuel who can be receiver and running back. So he has versatility and different schemes and different things. He can do jet sweep, return punts or kickoffs, gadget plays. So I think that I think that they really made some nice nice acquisitions there, especially after the fiasco quarterback last year with Hop well not Hopkins, Haskins, and him not really, I guess, being ready for the limelight and the spotlight and showing some youth and showing some immaturity with different things he did with the organization and also maybe not being as focused on football with him playing in his hometown. You know, probably so many people from back in the day, maybe so many people was tugging at him or trying to get him to do certain things for them. He tried to please too many people, even going to that party and then having that picture broadcasted and then it feels like you're trying to get the coach sick, you're trying to get us all sick. So it was just... One thing after the next, but Juan Rivera recovered, so that's definitely a good thing, a blessing for the Washington football team. You have your leader there, he's healthy, he was able to overcome that obstacle health-wise, 
And also now you have a, a veteran quarterback who loves to sling it, who makes some some risky plays, but he makes some he makes some yardage, he makes some touchdowns. And you also bring in a guy you already coached before with Curtis Samuel. So this is definitely some, some positive progress for the Washington football team. And good to see that because they were just they made the playoffs last year, but they had to be one team that needed to really just step up in the NFC East, and nobody seemed to be wanting to do that. But these are the kind of these are the kind of acquisitions that can get you winning, especially when you have such a talented defense. Now you bring in a quarterback, you bring in an extra receiver slash running back, and a good corner, and, and now it's already it's already more competitive in that in that division. And then another acquisition was Emmanuel Sanders, who will leave the New Orleans Saints after one year and now go to the Buffalo Bills to work with the the, the young the young coming up and coming quarterback Josh Allen and also receiver Diggs. So Emmanuel Sanders finds those teams that can use a nice receiver and he's definitely still a nice receiver even after all these years still getting those contracts making it happen and being a solid player so we'll see how he performs with the Buffalo Bills after previous stops with the San Fran 49ers and also the New Orleans Saints now heading Buffalo Bills and to double back on the Deshaun Watson drama. This is something that this is something that I feel like it's important to touch on for players and important to touch on for men and women. And something that something that I think it's a microcosm of society and life in general, right? So we have Deshaun Watson popular professional football player and he begins to say he wants to leave Houston to go to another team another franchise and then sooner or later now he begins to be have threats or begins to have lawsuits going against him from various women from basically the same in instances or same type of scenarios where he's getting a massage or their masseuses and maybe he exposed himself and they didn't want to see it. Maybe he wanted certain parts of his body massaged. Maybe it was maybe it was something else involved in it. So that's what remains to be seen now. But I think if if you're a professional athlete and you're that known and that visible to the public eye, I think you have to show a lot more discretion on the type of people that you're around and who you really let in your circle or who you really let that close to you because some people could just be some people could just be after you or some people could set you up some people could just want to be around you or you know they could try to make it look like you did something that you didn't do but the flip side of that is different people and we don't know this we don't we weren't there or we passed so far court documents and he said versus she said she said she said she said she said so 
supposedly there was some masseuses that he was hiring off of Instagram and I didn't do a thorough investigation of how these women may look but I would imagine that these are probably some attractive women and maybe he may have wanted more than what they were willing to give or he may have suggested more to see if maybe they were interested with him on a sexual level or maybe he just put it all out there and told them this is this is why I called you over here this is why I asked for the massage so like I said we weren't there we don't know what happened and of course he has denied it but now there have been more than one and multiple cases beginning to be filed against him in Houston for the civil offenses of sexual abuse or sexual harassment or just not good and not good publicity and this is all at the same time while you're saying I want to leave town I want to be I don't want to be here anymore and now all of a sudden it, it is it a thing of you already wanted to leave town and now all of a sudden people are airing out your dirty laundry or is it a thing of you had dirty laundry and you was ready to leave town or where there's smoke, there's fire. Who knows the exact scenario, but when there's a situation with a man and you have multiple women and it's a scenario where it's, it's, you're in an intimate setting and they're touching you and you know, you're, they're basically working for you in the sense of they're touching you and rubbing you, you're caressing your body. <laughs> stroking you up and down and you don't mind <laughs> but it's just something of will you cross that line will you cross that line of being professional with it or is that a fetish of yours or that's something that you're into or is it that you feel that you can have any woman based on the success and the financial status and your name and what you have attained so who knows the truth we weren't as i said we weren't there and it's not going to be tried in the court of public opinion it's going to be tried in a court in houston texas civil court or wherever the civil court is austin whatever so we don't know exactly how it will pan out but right now it just paints deshaun watson in a very negative light especially as a young black man who's having so much success on the football field and to have, who has, to this point, been a positive role model and a positive influence, I'm sure, for millions across the country, both young and older athletes and non-athletes, professionals, you know, men, women, children. So we'll see how everything really unravels, but at this point, not really, not really sounding good. And the thing, I think with the women having the back-to-back -back cases that they're filing against them and they're all in the same, they're all very similar stories. They're all Instagram masseuses and they all, I guess, probably most of them probably are attractive or would be women that a lot of men may want to date or get to know better. It's just, it's not a good look for Deshaun Watson. And um, we don't know these athletes. We don't know them intimately and how they really think and what they really would do in certain situations. 
And sometimes it gets exposed and people don't want to see the truth. But he he has his he has his I guess story and his side of the story. And there are two sides to every story. It's just in this scenario we have different women saying the same thing and similar scenarios. So we see how everything unravels with Deshaun Watson and we definitely wish him the best. But if he was wrong, he was wrong. And that remains to be seen in the court of law. And other football news, we have Patrick Peterson, the veteran cornerback, leaving the Arizona Cardinals to go play with the Minnesota Dolphins. <laughs> the Minnesota Dolphins. The Minnesota Vikings. And we'll see how things pan out for Peterson as he goes to join the, the Minnesota Vikings. And other moves, another team kind of put some nice pieces on the chessboard was the Jacksonville Jaguars with new first-time head NFL coach, Urban Meyer. And the Jags got some nice defensive pieces. They picked up the veteran cornerback, Shaquille Griffin from the Seattle Seahawks on a nice deal. Also got a new safety, Rayshon Jenkins, defensive tackle, Roy Robertson Harris. And this very, very believed and very definitely known that the Jacksonville Jaguars will most likely be selecting the Clemson quarterback number one overall. So with that already known, it's a good idea to pick up some nice pieces for defense. So you don't have to put the whole every game on the rookie quarterback. And for my last topic of this off-season special, two-part. I'm not going to go into any kind of draft prognosis or draft pick scenario and all that for incoming rookies. I will leave that to the Mel Kuypers of the world and also the Todd McShays of the world. And they are great at what they do. But my style of NFL and pro sports, pro football, my style of, of show and format is more of talking, talking about topics and also projecting and predicting the outcomes of games. And I feel that a lot of these commentators and grandstanders get on their soapboxes and it's a lot of ran 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 <laughs> and it's a lot of you know cliche and you know and when it comes down to okay if you weren't a professional player like most analysts of my color are <laughs> Then most likely, you know, you 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 know you were you weren't a pro athlete if you if if you're not black. Most in, in a lot of cases, right? But a lot of these guys who weren't pro athletes and they talk and they talk about they talk about current events in the NFL and what's going on. They have such an opinion, but they can't predict predict or project a simple NFL game and that shows somebody's true football knowledge it's if somebody really should even be taken seriously on that kind of platform 
think a lot of these commentators and people who host these sports talk shows, I guess where I can't really watch too many of them because they're only two or three actually good ones. And that's 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 stretching it. <laughs> but it's just like some of them is just like unbearable to listen to because some of the nonsense that comes out of certain certain commentators and it's like when it comes down to the X's and O's of actually picking the game and knowing the game, I will put my picks up there against <laughs> anybody on television as far as the networks that you see. And that's not to toot my own horn. But I know that these these are some of, some of the picks that I've had have been better picks than some of these commentators. But of course, they have the platform. But one thing I would like to like to do for my audience, if you really enjoy the pick section, you know I may have to make that an exclusive on Patreon, or I may just have to make that something that's available on Cash App. Because I want people to get the picks, but I also want I also want to be compensated for giving accurate picks, especially when previous season I think my pick percentile was above seventy say above seventy percent wins. So this is not necessarily against point spreads, but this is picking a winner of games. But one thing I will say about this topic is who is the best black dual threat quarterback of all time who is the best black quarterback to ever play in a professional football league NFL we're not talking about college uh, you know system or just not not players who has everybody around you as a star I mean players that had to lift their team up I mean players that had to come in the NFL and make a name for themselves and to piggyback on my point about the draft and why I'm I like to watch the, the draft to see what 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 teams got position wise to try to fill their needs and maybe a few players I might follow I haven't really followed this incoming class of rookies and also a lot of the draft is what team you go to how do they utilize you what are you what are you good at and how are they going to use what you're good at to make the team better or to win some games and that's what I think a lot of NFL teams fail to do Sometimes I think they fall in love so much with the, they fall in love so much with the med, the either the measurables, or the, the scouting combine or the drills, that they just forget about looking up, looking at tape. Can this guy play? Does he love the game? Does he work out? What is it? You know what are what is his weaknesses? What can what can we use him for right now where he can make an in, instant impact on us winning a game? And I think sometimes these coaches are so naive and so strong headed that they wanna they wanna try to make the NFL work they wanna try to make the NFL work their way. When the NFL works the NFL's way. Your offense may not be 
conducive to success. You may have to adjust based on how defense is played or how your personnel group is. And that's what coaching is about. You got to pick a guy who can do what you need him to do on this play. And that's why the draft is a crapshoot for some teams because even if you get a good player, you may not have the right coaching, you may not have the right playbook, you may not have the right scheme, and then this player is playing and wastes talent because you put him at the wrong position or you didn't let him you didn't let him fulfill his true potential because you didn't use him in the right scenario or in the right kind of play or in the right position. So we see it happen year in and year out, but certain teams I think have excelled at drafting good players who can contribute. And I think certain teams, if you look at certain teams, they they run more like a like a machine because they have a fluidity to the offense where you know what to expect, but there's there's some misdirection or there's something that there's something that they can they can use a receiver as a running back, or they can use a gadget player to throw you off. To, you don't know what he's going to do when he comes in the game, but you know he's probably going to get the ball, and then they use him as a decoy. So certain teams like to do that to keep the other team off balance, or you you utilize a dual threat or a running quarterback because you know that he he does have speed, but you don't want to get him hurt at the same time. So just something to think about. Even if a good player goes to a, a team without a strong organization, a strong coaching, strong coaches, nice playbook, or put him in good position to succeed, coach him up, or if he is coming in as a superstar, let him know this is the NFL. It's a different level. And you have to be able to sustain that kind of success from college to the pros to become one of the best or one of the greatest but you started from scratch here so when it comes to who is the best black quarterback of all time now this is a topic I came up with I just wanted to really think about it as far as without looking at statistics and without thinking about well, who, which quarterback has the most Super Bowls well, we definitely know the quarterback to win the first Super Bowl was Doug Williams for the Washington Redskins. But other quarterbacks who played in Super Bowls are guys like Donovan McNabb, guys like Cam Newton, and also recently, guys like Russell Wilson have won the Super Bowl. And also, guys like Pat Mahomes have won Super Bowls. So, I think right now in the NFL, it's like a black quarterback renaissance. Because we're beginning to see the league and owners accept the black quarterbacks and be willing to let them be the face of the franchise. And be that voice box, be that sound bite, be that go-to person after the game when they need to they need to get somebody's opinion on what happened on this play. And he has to speak up for himself. And he can't just make it as the team's fault. He has to he has to play the game because he knows the media wants him to blame the coach. The media wants him to blame his teammates. But then that begins to turn the team against you. 
but in this kind of ranking, I wouldn't really want to, I would really want to rank them as far as who's number one overall. I could I could bring it down to three of the best, or if I had to win a, a football game, you also have to consider about quarterbacks in their prime and longevity and the weapons they had around them and the coaches who coached them and the systems they were in. So just off the top of my head, I didn't do I didn't do a study of statistics, but some of my favorite black quarterbacks or some of the quarterbacks I feel were the best black quarterbacks to do it. And this is in no particular order, but just some of the best in my opinion. Warren Moon. Warren Moon played in a in an era and in a league that didn't definitely didn't want to see black quarterbacks succeed and shine. And Warren Moon was in the perfect offense to fit his to fit his ability. He had a, a nice core of receivers like Ernest Givens, Haywood Johnson. They they had some nice talent and also they made some they made some decent runs in the playoffs, but they just never could get over the hump. I think they may have needed a better defense and maybe a, a, a maybe a nice a nice run game to go with some of that passing to kind of slow the tempo down. Some, but Warren Moon was one of those players had a strong arm. He had some mobility, but he wasn't really known for his escapability. But he had the arm and the accuracy, and he had a, a nice tight spin the spiral on the ball. And he could just show the the he could just show the pinpoint precision passing with the spin of the ball and the strength of the the strength of the strength is the strength of his arm and also the accuracy. So definitely Warren Moon was to me one of the best black quarterbacks of all time. Another the late great Steve Air McNair. And Steve Air McNair came from Alcorn State University or HBCU. And he was able to transition from playing in a in a in a playing in a division two program to winning football games and making a playoff push and a run to the Super Bowl. Also with Eddie George and the Tennessee Titans back in the day. Of course, he was drafted by the Houston Oilers back in the day, but Steve Steve McNair, he was, I think he set the blueprint for what a lot of young black quarterbacks would do in years to come. He was one of those, he was one of those quarterbacks that had the mobility he had the arm, he had the athleticism, and he was just a complete package. And he did end up being in the right scenarios and situations, like a pairing with a pairing with Eddie Jones and some decent receivers when they made that, that run and they were just so close to winning a Super Bowl. So definitely Steve McNair, one of the best black quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion. And another Another uh, one of the best black quarterbacks to me you know, of all time. I would say two. I would say maybe two, two or three more. Colin Kaepernick definitely got the short end of the stick 
And what we see NFL offenses do today is basically what he did with basically the same quarter, the same coach who coaches for the Ravens now and designed that offense doing that with Kaepernick. And when Kaepernick burst on the scene, he just had so much explosive ability. He had the he had the arm, he was fast, he had the decision making, and he he was a master of that zone read. So definitely Kaepernick was one of the best all-time black quarterbacks of all time. And he's one of the players who didn't have the pieces around him all the time. After that Super Bowl run where they lost he didn't already have the he didn't always have the pieces around him and I think that definitely hurt him as well as his political stance and political opinion which just completely blackballed him out of the NFL and they tried to minimize any success he's had despite the fact he had reached the Super Bowl with that style of play that he used and three more I would mention just Randall Cunningham, the mobility, the scapability, being long and lanky, but being able to break tackles and being shifty. And he definitely is one of those players I feel he 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 had he he had so many shots and so he was always so close to getting to the Super Bowl or maybe trying to get one, but he just never never got there. I think the closest he got, of course, was maybe the late the late in his career, the closest he got was with the Vikings when they went up against the Falcons and the Falcons beat him in a close game that they that they lost by a field goal and that ended the Vikings run when they had Randy Moss as a as a rookie and they had such an explosive offense. But Randall Cunningham, still one of my all time favorite black quarterbacks. <clears throat> and another Another, another one, definitely Michael Vick and everything that he he was able to bring to the game in the NFL. We just never saw that kind of speed, explosiveness, the left-handed quarterback. And just, I think he definitely would, would probably be more suitable now to today's game. Because I think they were just really learning how to use him, how to utilize what he could do. And maybe maybe he wasn't the most focused with everything that he was involved in and what was going on, and we definitely know that he you know he he did what he did as far as his involvement. But I think that definitely was something where you know he paid his debt to society. I think it definitely the media blew it up bigger out of proportion than what it was. And then when it comes to you know comes to police brutality and black lives we don't see that that same kind of you know fervor and you know energy but that's just a few of my favorite and who I feel are some of the best black quarterbacks of all time and like I said I don't think Vic had the coaching or the playbook for his style but he definitely had the talent and two more just to throw them in there we'll say Two more, Cam Newton and also Donovan McNabb. So, honorable mention, Cordell Stewart slash. And this concludes another episode of the Rob You Sports 2 Show. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Podcast also available on YouTube. I want to thank you for checking me out. And enjoy the offseason, enjoy the draft, and I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Be blessed.